Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Spook Show Podcast. I'm Josh, and as always, I'm joined with my good friend Will and the Professor Smoke. Hello, hello. And today we're going to continue our journey through the Conjuring universe. We've worked our way through the first four movies, and now we're up to number five. And uh, ironically, this is the most successful, at least financially, the most successful movie out of all of them. From 2018, The Nun. So, so far, we have watched the first Conjuring movie called The Conjuring, Annabelle, The Conjuring 2, Annabelle Creation, and now The Nun. So, so far, we've only got two more after this, guys. The Curse of uh, La Llorona. Uh, how do you. Ma 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 Sharon. Yeah, Curse of La Llorona. The Curse of La Llorona. Curse of La Corona. Oh, no. Now, <laughs> now you figured it out. That's what this is all about. Damn you, Father Perez. Um. <laughs> The curse of Who's Lala a founding Rona. member of the Knack. Now it all ties together. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying the Knack started the Corona? Yep, and once had a cup of coffee with Kevin Bacon. Boom! There we go. Six degrees. <laughs> and now everything. <laughs> and now the world can end. Six degrees of bologna brought to you by All American <laughs> And then uh, Annabelle comes home. But I have to admit, I have not seen these last three. I, I, before today, I haven't seen The Nun. I haven't watched Curse of La Llorona, and I haven't seen Annabelle Comes Home yet, so uh, I'm going to keep those fresh, and I'm not going to watch them until we get around to it later this year, or next year, whenever we watch these final two. But. Well, we might as well mention the timeline now, too, while we're at the Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. As far as The Nun taking place is really the, uh, I guess, the first, chronologically speaking, the first movie in the in the uh, Conjuring universe, unless you count the first few minutes of uh, Annabelle Creation, which actually takes place shortly sometime before The Nun. Then the rest of Annabelle creation takes place after the nun. So this would be the first. If you're watching them chronologically, you might as well start with the nun if you wanted to do it that way. Yeah, and then I think it would be Annabelle creation, right? Yeah. And then yeah. either Conjuring or Annabelle, and then Conjuring two. Yeah. I'm not sure which one came first, uh, Conjuring or Annabelle. Like, the, well, Annabelle. No, I mean Annabelle. Yeah. So Annabelle would have been before the Conjuring chronologically, right? So it would be the nun. Yeah. Yeah. Because they tie to the events of. Yeah. 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 So it will be the nun, Annabelle creation, Annabelle, and then Conjuring oh. and Conjuring two, right? Chronologically. Yeah. And then I'm not sure about you know Laura or You can just watch wherever because once we get to that, you'll <laughs> you yeah. see that it's bare bones link anyway. So. <laughs> just throw just, that in anywhere. Just oh, watch well, it. I mean, 
year-wise, it's definitely going to be after The Nun, which is, we haven't got to yet, but set in 1952. Mm-hmm. And then I forget where the other one, where the other, the last Annabelle fits in. I've well, seen that, it, but it's, you know, I forget where it fits into it right now. Well, yeah, we'll, well I know, I know yeah, I mean, we'll eventually get to that, but and I haven't seen that one, but I mean, I, I've put the pieces together to figure that had to have come at least sometime around, like, either between the first two Conjuring movies or after it, after The Conjuring 2, right? It would have to because of... It's kind of like the greatest hits kind of thing, yeah. right? <laughs> There's yeah. a bunch of shit going on in there, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if it sounds a little convoluted, it gets that way when you're <laughs> when they jump when you jump around in, the, in your own little timeline like this. But I still think like overall they do a pretty good job of tying their shit together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, I mean, some people. If you just wanted to watch, you just watch it in the order they came out. Really, you can because yeah. everything links together, anyways. But you know, if, if you really want to be the kind of person that watches it from the chronological start of it, then I guess you'd start with a nun. But you might as well just watch them all in the years they came out. <laughs> They, I think, they do a good job of linking it all together, except, of course, you know, La Llorona, like you <laughs> mentioned. It. I think if I was making a recommend a recommendation for somebody, I'd say watch them in the order they came out because, yeah, you yeah. know, then you'd it's almost like watching uh, the Star Wars movies out of order. Like, there's a specific reason <laughs> they're out of order, right? So, yeah, I, I would, I think it would kind of kill some of the, some of the buzz if you watch them chronologically. Then you're like, well, yeah, now I know why this is this is this is this, you know. So I think it kind of. Yeah, at least the first time. Fuck for up sure, the flow. Sure, yeah, the first time around. Yeah, but the the reason I mentioned, going back to the original point, the reason I mentioned all this, like that, that there's been seven so far, is that the eighth one was supposed to come out this year, but they just recently announced uh, that that was going to be delayed until 2021, like a lot of things in old 2020. Uh, <laughs> um, Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, recently got moved from September 11th of 2020 this year all the way to June 4th of 2021. So um, if you were looking forward to that one anytime soon, then uh, you have to put the old uh, waiting cap back on because it's going to be a while. <laughs> I mean, that's that's damn near a year, man. Like, you know, shy a couple months. But yeah, that's a, that's a big jump to have to wait. But these movies are so successful, which we'll get into shortly, you know, which we have in the past uh, Conjuring episodes when we've talked about money and stuff, you know, the, what these movies have made. You can't blame them for pushing this off because right now, like, <laughs> What, how, how many theaters are probably actually open right now, you know, here in... Uh, I don't think there's any besides the drive-ins, right? I'm yeah, I mean, sure there might be some small mom-and-pop, the- like, independent theaters somewhere yeah. that are open, but, yeah, other than drive-ins, there's just none open, like, pretty much anywhere. Um, and, you know, with it, with different states or different places not knowing when they'll be able to open, there's certain chains not saying when they're going to open. I guess, you know, they, they don't want to gamble with this amount of money, so they're like, oh, yeah. we'll just push it out to when we think it'll at least be safer, you know, for that everything would be open. So it sucks. I think for that's all, why. That's why they're all getting pushed. So it sucks for all of us, but you can understand yeah. why they're doing it. You know, like especially like with one like this that you know you know this thing. I think like uh, when I was looking at like what they've all made, I think uh, the Curse of La Llorona had made the least amount. It was still it's still over like 120 million. You know, and that was the by far the least amount of any of them. And that one was only loosely tied, like you know, like you pointed out. All the other ones made like well north of two hundred and something, three hundred million. You know, so you can understand yeah, why they'd be like, you know what, <laughs> let's hold off. It's just, hell, just speaking of that, with this movie, I mean, you know, of course, it came out two years ago before there was a deep pandemic or anything going on, mm-hmm. and they decided to, you know, just marketing wise, that I think it was going to be put out in mid July of twenty eighteen, but they waited until. What September? Sometime in September, whenever the release date was, to cut, you know, to coincide with the Halloween season, because Stephen King's It the prior year had made a shit ton of money at the box office around Halloween season. So, I guess you know, I figured they'd hold off that long and they'd get more money out of, which apparently it paid off 
yeah for them so yeah all these little things so then you throw in a pandemic in the middle of that <laughs> yeah this came Not out really uh you know throws off those figures and everything this came out september 7th of 2018 so it was like you said you know you had that month and a half jump start you know on uh yeah. on halloween there and best I could tell, too, when I was looking up the uh, box office numbers on this, is that it played wide from September 7th pretty much all the way up to Thanksgiving until it finally, you know, just kind of died away. So I guess, uh, you know, before we uh, dive into it any any further, I'll go ahead and toss to the trailer for 2018's The Nun. I had a series of visions when I was younger. And after each one ended, the same thought would be stuck in my head. I saw none. Word of my visions reached the church, and I was asked to accompany a priest to an abbey in Romania. The abbey has a long history. Valak, not all good. What? And that was the trailer for The Nun. Will, what were your uh, initial reactions upon this? Like, this is this the first time you've seen this? Yeah, it was the first time uh -huh. I've seen it. I don't know. I was kind of going in, I guess, with, uh, I guess, higher expectations, you know, considering, you know, like I knew, or I had at least heard, you know, like this was supposed to be like the highest grossing one of all time mm -hmm. of the Conjuring universe. It was okay. I mean... It wasn't obviously it wasn't bad. I don't I don't think it quite added up to some of the other ones. How about you, Smoke? Um, yeah, I watched it this time around. I seen it twice. I saw it when it first came out in theaters. Now this will be and then we bought the uh, 4K version when it came out on on you know on Blu-ray whenever that was. But we didn't get around to watching it until this time around, the second time. So this is the second time I'm seeing it. And the first time I saw it in the theaters, yeah, like Will was saying, you got you you have a lot of high expectations going into it if you've already seen the prior. Conjuring Universe movies. Uh, initially, I was, you know, I didn't think it was a terrible movie by any means, or, or even a bad movie. I thought it was a good movie, but it was didn't meet those expectations you had. I had for it going into it in the theater the first time, and then uh, this time around watching it, uh, you know, it kind of feels that same way. But it's, I like, I could enjoy it a little bit more this time. Uh, I think one thing that gets really gets right really well is the uh, it's like a, a real gothic atmosphere to this one, uh, due to the set where it's set at. Uh, that I really do appreciate about it. So. Yeah, was it? I didn't think it was a terrible movie, so it just didn't meet my immediate expectations, I guess. For me, this was the first time I've seen it, and uh, I think I kind of agree with both of you guys. Like, not disappointed, not, it wasn't bad, it was good. Just, you know, mm -hmm. maybe didn't quite live up to quality of story, I think, that you've come to expect from some of the other ones. You know, the the previous four movies in this series. Yeah, I mean, I'll leave it at that until we, you know, go into the ins and outs and then we give our final star ratings. Before we continue any further, I'll say, uh, you know, if this is the first time you've listened to us, we are a spoiler-filled podcast. 
So we're uh, here shortly. We're going to dive deep into the movie, and you know, we are going to spoil it if you haven't seen it. So, if for whatever reason you're listening to this and you have not watched it, go ahead and pause it. You know, find a way to go check it out, and then come back and uh, listen to our thoughts. You know, and our, our dive into the background and everything um, after you see it, because uh, it's definitely worth a watch. I think we'll all agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. Not to mention, it's just its place in horror history in terms of like it's one of the most successful horror movies of all times so you know you should definitely check it out at least once if for no other reason than that you know (laughs) so this movie came out september 7th 2018 and it was released by new line cinema atomic monster productions the saffron company and of course it was distributed by warner brothers pictures um and as we've mentioned this was the fifth conjuring universe film um pretty much the the usual suspects here of all you know, the people behind this and everything. Like James Wan, you know, was a producer and, and Peter Safran. This is their universe of movies. So this movie was obviously rated R. And on IMDb it is listed as a horror slash mystery slash thriller. The total runtime for this is one hour and 36 minutes, which felt like a fucking breath really of fresh short, air. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to what we've been watching lately between The Shining and uh, the director's cut of uh Dr. Yeah, Sleep. Jaws as well right? Jaws yeah like everything we've watched lately has been two plus hours um so it was a, it was a nice little reprieve for an hour and 36 you know the normal run time of your average movie even within the Conjuring universe I think it's fairly short right I believe I mean, so, it might yeah. not be as short I don't know I can't remember what La Llorona was as far as the first two Conjuring movies and some of the Annabelle movies it's probably I would have said it's probably one of the shortest ones. I mean how that used to be the 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 norm when you're talking about horror movies in the you know 80s 90s and stuff and or before and hour and a half was pretty much the cutoff and like they didn't want to go too much further than that because they thought it wouldn't hold people's attention enough and you know and of course they didn't want to go any shorter than that either so we got think, kind of what the it used to be the average length i guess of a horror movie i think they've got something a little different here with the conjuring universe you know we're like now, oh, yeah. now that you're seven literally like uh, you know depending on how you want to look at it you're six and a half or seven movies in right <laughs> depending on the uh, yeah. la Rona, where you land on that one but um yeah. <laughs> you're seven movies in soon to be eight you know sometime next year so if you're watching all these movies, you're kind of invested in the storyline. So they've got something a little bit different here. Like, you know, before or uh, back in the 80s, say in the 90s, when it was all the uh, Jason movies and all the Freddy movies and so on, like, you know, they had a formula. It wasn't like you weren't watching those because this is this awesome story arc that you wanted, you know, like with these interconnected movies and everything like that. It was just like... You, you mean to tell me that you don't think that the Friday 13th Part 5, New Beginning, had an awesome story arc with Roy the Ambulance Driver, the Scooby-Doo ending wasn't enough for, you know? No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like, you know, it, it, yeah. they, th- that was just kind of like, all right, well, let's just go see Freddy and Jason fuck some people up, you know? <laughs> let's just go see the latest annual installment of them just killing people, you know? And even the Saw, even though, I guess it, maybe it kind of changed with the Saw movies, right? Because, like, even though those were coming out every year, they did have kind of a connecting overall story, right? There was a point to all this kind of, yeah. you know, different kind also of... Also, just, I think, movies, for some reason, in general, have just gone, you know, not even speaking of just horror, but in general, their running time scenes have been extended nowadays. Yeah, As opposed sure. to what it used to be for any genre, really. Just, a, I, don't, I don't know what the average, that might be something interesting to look up at some point here in the f- near future. Is like, what is the average runtime of any theatrical release movie these days? And I, I'm sure it's upwards of more than an hour and a half nowadays. Probably goes hand in hand, if you think about it, with the quality of television now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got really good TV shows now, oh, yeah. left and right. Like, I mean, this is truly like the golden age, I, I always say, of TV. Because there's some really good series 
on just about every you know streaming app or on every network they've got at least a couple of really good series you know that you can dive into but i think between that and the fact that like when you go to the movie theater it's more it's a more expensive thing now that maybe people want their money's worth you know so yeah. if it's an hour and a half maybe i don't feel like i got my money's worth right but if it's two two and a half hours maybe you know maybe i get that feeling i got my money's worth out of it right it's a longer movie i can enjoy it yeah yeah you know true. There's, they've always had to kind of you know one up the uh television television industry because i mean it's starting all the way back with what uh widescreen you know whenever widescreen became a thing because before it was just that pretty much the three by four format even for movies talking about back in what the 30s and 40s and stuff and then whenever tv started coming along and they said, "Well, we need we need we need something else here. Let's just make these movies wider, make the screens wider." So yeah, there's always been some kind of one-upmanship there, where you know we give you a different kind of experience than you can get just at home. And to that, it's going to be interesting to see how what the long-term effects of this pandemic are going to have on movie theaters too, because True. you know now that the industry is kind of shifting, because like, there's been a number of these. Uh, um, distributors or whatever that are, you know, moving their shit straight to Netflix or uh, Disney Plus or whatever, right? And uh, there's probably yep. going to be plenty of people during this that, you know, you know what? I don't need to go to a theater. You know, I'm good. You know, <laughs> I can just sit here at the house and pull it up. I mean, you know, I can pay 10, 15, 20 bucks and rent it and not have to buy popcorn and go out of the house and I can sit right here in the living room in my underwear, you know, like. <laughs> it's going to change the mentality of a lot of people, man. And just the fact that, like, some of these have been ex- extremely successful, too. Like, you know, they've made quite a bit of money off of uh, doing it this way. Oh, yeah. So it, it's... Well, things, you know, they, they, if you look at it, too, going down the line, things kind of been heading that way. Unfortunately, I mean, I, I'm, I'm and as, all, as all of us here are, uh, old school that way as far as, like, we like, we all three of us love going to the theater as it is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, you can see this little trend starting when, basically, when they started moving away from film in general, like actual film format to like digital format. And where hell, a lot of theaters don't even have a film reel anymore. You know, it's just all beamed in digitally and they from the projector digitally to the screen. You don't even have film in there as an element anymore. You can see where things have been kind of pushing towards that anyways, uh, you know, the streaming service. And I just hope that it doesn't go away completely. Can we go back for a second? Mm-hmm. Uh, when, huh? we're, when we're all going through and watching these movies, Josh, are you just dropping trial to to sit there and watch a movie you mean like just taking taking a shit sit, no 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 you said you, you you'd be sitting there in your underwear watching a movie <laughs> like is that just how you watch movies I'll, yeah <laughs> even when i go to the theater uh even the theater yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's why i can't go to the theater anymore it's got nothing to do with the pandemic <laughs> <laughs> but why i love the drive-in yeah <laughs> the drive-in will live forever <laughs> i don't know what the hell is going on the screen but you know. yeah what movies <laughs> we're in a movie what's what's the box office <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's going to be interesting to see what the long-term effects of this uh, of all of this are going to be and, and you know it, and things change with time and you can see it coming like you said well before this you know but I think this is really going to speed it up. I'm not yeah, saying yeah, this, I'm not saying the death of all theater. I just think it's going to kill a lot yeah. of them. You know, <laughs> it's going to yeah, it's yeah. going to put a serious dent in them. I mean, how we've already looked at the fact that AMC was pretty close to, if not still close to bankruptcy, and yeah, I know they were talking about the possibility of not even opening at all mm-hmm. earlier on. You know, in the pandemic when they first had to close all the theaters down. I don't know where yeah. they stand at now, but yeah. yeah, I'd say it's pretty fair to say though that like you know like your mid level movies 
you know, this could be the death, you mm-hmm. know, like as far as them actually going to the theater. Yeah, I mean, like, well, unless unless they come out and they know that this is box office gold, you know, Avengers and so on and so forth. Like, it, I think it's going to be a little bit harder to get screen time. Well, it's, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be harder to get screens because some of these places will close down. And, you know, you go from an average of what, four, five, six thousand screens, whatever the hell it is in the, in the U.S., you know, for a big movie to all of a sudden that might get cut in half, you know, with, you know, over the next year. Or so, so who knows? I mean, I hope not. I mean, I don't want the theater to die, yeah. like we said, but, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. you can kind of see where it's going, unfortunately. But so hopefully things can rebound, you know, everything can rebound soon. And then also the, you know, the theater industry with that and movie industry. Um, I mean, because look, the, the, I, I'm not crying a, a bit for Warner Brothers or Paramount or any of these companies because, you know, they're going to make their money one way or the other. Mm. They, they might just make a little less is all, you know, but <laughs> they're still going to make a lot of money. I, I would uh, be more upset for like the independent theater owners and stuff like that, you know, who are, are got, but, you know, it's on them. It's on them to try to find a new way to present things and make people want to come in, you know? Yeah. Here's the hope, and they can make some new innovations and find new ways to bring people in so they won't die. So anyways, back to uh, The Nun. The budget for this movie was $22 million, which really sounds like nothing, you know, for uh, yeah. these days. Although it is a horror movie. You know, horror movies generally have a lower budget than, say... Star your, Wars. Yeah, your average, <laughs> your average Hollywood blockbuster, but... That's what makes horror movies so successful is that they usually have low budgets and they're able to turn a, a way bigger profit on it because of that. And of course they did on this. It opened up that weekend of September 7th and it was number one in the box office. And, I, and I'm pretty sure I read that it, it, it far exceeded its expectations that first weekend and it made $53.8 million. <laughs> and it good. And it yeah, made, at this point, I think it's, isn't it the highest grossing of the, all the Conjuring films? Yeah, overall it is. I'm not sure about like the weekend. It probably is even the opening weekend too. But uh, yeah, it's overall worldwide box office. Yeah, it was the most uh, successful of all the Conjuring movies. It also opened up uh, against two other movies that came out that weekend. A movie called Peppermint opened up number two at 13.4. And then a movie called God Bless the Broken Road. And that came in number 11 that weekend and uh, barely 1.3 million. The top 10, I'll, I'll read off the rest of the top 10 that that particular weekend. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians came in number three, and that was the movie that had been on top for like a, a, a damn near month um, when The Nun came out. Number four that week was The Meg. Remember we said that was the better of the shark movies between uh, yep. <laughs> It and Jaws. Um, <laughs> number five that weekend was Searching. Number six, Mission Impossible Fallout, which I think got, what, the sixth or seventh of those movies? I don't even know what number they're on now. but Yeah, I'm not sure what that one's up to either. <laughs> yeah, but that one, and it... it, it and it had been raking it in for seven weeks at that time, so it was finally starting to fall down. Number seven was Christopher Robin, the uh, uh, Winnie the Pooh movie. Number eight, Operation Finale. Number nine, Black Klansman, where you know it's got like the K's or KKK, Black Klansman. And number ten was Alpha, which I think was an animated movie, if I'm not mistaken. So it was a little slow there, you know, before it ramped up for the uh, Halloween season there. But um, yeah, needless to say, it raked up 53.8 in its first weekend, and I think. A good portion of that was like uh, Thursday and Friday night combined. Like I think it sold like a shit ton of tickets on that Thursday night, and then Friday it killed. Um, you know, just to give like the day by day breakdown there. But it ended up in the U.S. making 117.4 million domestically here in the U.S. Internationally, 248.1 million dollars for a worldwide total of 365 and a half million dollars making it the 19th highest grossing horror film of all time worldwide. I'll give you a few that it's it's right above uh, on the old worldwide highest grossing horror movie list. 
It's just above 2001's Hannibal. 2018's A Quiet Place, so that came out the same year. And right above The Conjuring 2 and The Conjuring. <laughs> Uh, and then Resident Evil, the final chapter from 2017, and then Annabelle Creation. So you can see what I'm, my point here is that all these movies are kind of grouped together as some of the highest grossing movies. I mean, they're all The Nun, Conjuring 1 and 2, and Annabelle Creation are all top 25 horror movies, like financially. And they all broke $300 million apiece. That leads me to my ultimate point of why The Conjuring Universe is the number two highest grossing film franchise worldwide all time only behind the 35 godzilla films and <laughs> in, se in seven movies it has made 1.9 billion dollars worldwide <laughs> only behind like i said the 35 godzilla movies which is only which has made 2.1 billion so basically what i'm saying is whenever this next one comes out it's going to be the highest grossing horror franchise of all time unless godzilla keeps it in there because i got godzilla versus well Kong, true true but see it, i still say it's almost unfair to to I know. You know, yeah, because there's so true. many, man. I mean, we're talking about two different countries now at this point as far as Japan starting Godzilla and now we're on to sort of, yeah. you know. <laughs> All, it's not really the same exact... It's not the same people that are putting out the Godzilla movie. Although the, 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 single the single highest grossing Godzilla movie was the one from 2014, you know, where they kind of restarted it here in the U.S. Oh, yeah. That one made yeah. $529 million. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a good portion. What is that? That's uh, a damn near a quarter of what all 35 movies brought in was that one movie. <laughs> but it would be interesting, you know, I, I doubt anybody's went through and done the legwork on this, but to, to do the uh, the adjusted theater oh, yeah. ticket. Oh, yeah, the adjusted for inflation. Yeah. Number, yeah. I'm sure somebody yeah. online has done it, and I didn't look that up. But, yeah, I, I, yeah, if you did that, then, yeah, I'm sure Godzilla. Yeah, just based on the sheer volume of movies. Yeah, just 35 <laughs> and Internationally movies. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> If you just base it off of ticket price and adjusted for inflation, yeah, it's going to be stupid. I'll just run down the top six because it, it'll get to my point. Um, number three, this is highest grossing film franchise. Number three, The Mummy franchise is five movies. Number four, Alien franchise is eight movies. Number five, The Resident Evil franchise is nine movies. I think they include like the, uh, there was like an animated or something. There, there's a couple extras thrown in there, I think. Because I don't think there was actually nine movies of that, was there? It doesn't seem like there was yeah, that many. But it says doesn't nine. Whatever, however they come to that number, it says nine. Yeah. And then number six is It. Two movies. $1.1 billion. <laughs> Two movies. <laughs> That's not even including like whatever the hell they po could have possibly made off of the Tim Curry, um, you know, which was a miniseries, you know, obviously. But still, yeah. not even counting anything they could have possibly made off of that. Just those two movies. Home video sales. Or yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. That. <laughs> Back when it came out. Two movies, $1.1 billion. So, yeah, I I think if you equate it all, that's the most successful, you know, <laughs> in my mind. Yeah, right yeah, there. yeah. For two movies. Yeah. I know it's, it, you kind of, you don't, you shudder to even call it a franchise, really. It was just a, it's just really one movie just continuing on. Yeah, they it. just had to break it up <laughs> because it would be an eight-hour movie. Yeah. If you did it the other way. So, yeah, and uh, obviously the number one movie of all time, horror. The number one worldwide horror movie of all time is it, the first it, and it made over just over seven hundred million dollars. That kind of puts things in perspective. But getting back to the Nun, it's the nineteenth most successful worldwide horror movie, you know, of all time. So that's pretty fucking impressive. Needless to say, there's going to be a few extra. There might be a few extra ears on this episode listening to this since it was so popular. So with that being said, you can reach us at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. You know, that's where you can email us at. You can find us on Twitter at AA Spook Show. 
You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube by searching All American Spook Show. We have a T Public page where you can go buy some uh, some T-shirt designs. We got you know some pretty cool designs and other things there, mugs and pillows and whatever the hell else they they put it on. You can find it all there. And, Face uh, coverings. <laughs> yeah, I think they do have. They actually do have masks, <laughs> which I need to go on. Get a junk hole for your junk hole. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you just want to walk yeah, around I, with a I, mask. I, this I don't is know junk if I hole. Want that over my face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want the mask that says junk hole <laughs> established 1985 on <laughs> so I heard this is the junk hole <laughs> wait a minute you were you were you were born in 80 that means when you were five years old you established the junk hole you, you sick bastard um yeah my name is junk hole Johnson yeah what of it um so yeah i I always think those things are kind of interesting to look where the the money is on these kind of things you know i I know probably some people get bored by it but i i've always thought it's pretty interesting so to the nun principal photography started may 3rd 2017 in bucharest romania and they shot some other stuff in Transylvania too, so that's kind of cool, right? <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, that castle, that that awesome castle was what Corvin Castle, I think it was in Romania. That sounds familiar. Which was, uh, uh, it's no, I know it's it's not Dracula's castle per se, but it it provided I know the inspiration for Bram Stoker's castle for Dracula, and, and you know the the actual person that Dracula is based on, Vlad Dracul or Vlad the Impaler. Was I think it, there's a legend has it he was imprisoned in Corvid Castle for a certain amount of time, so has that has that going for it through that era of uh, mystery which, or whatever you want to call which, it. Which leads us to point out once again that this set was blessed by a Roman Catholic clergyman. <laughs> 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 like so many of the other ones, I think we point out pretty much all of these have been blessed. So uh, they they know some fuckery is going about, so they're just going to and cover <laughs> their bases <laughs> and get a, a a priest to bless this to bless the set. And that's what they yeah, did I on think, this one. I think something else that I read was like uh, Romania wouldn't let them film in any uh, churches, like in in the country. In the actual church, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's why they had to go to uh, uh, to that castle, uh, shoot there, and then build a bunch of sets to, to make it look like the inside of a church. Yeah, because they, they, they just weren't allowed to shoot inside of one. These uh, castles and these buildings and things are probably like definitely hundreds, if not thousands of years old, right? I mean, they're old as shit, so... Mm. They probably don't want some movie production company coming in and fucking them up either. So there might be <laughs> yeah. some of that. And they're pretty, I, I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they're pretty hardcore like uh, Catholics and stuff there too, right? Like they're very serious about that stuff, oh. you know, in those places. So I'm sure just for those reasons alone, that's probably why. But uh, the production wrapped on June 23rd of 2017. So what's that, about two months? A little less than two months it took to shoot this thing. Mm. So on IMDb, it, it got a 5.3 out of 10 stars. So a little over 50% there. Rotten Tomatoes was not as kind. It got 26% on the tomato meter, <laughs> which is not good. And <laughs> the audience score was a little higher, but not much, 35%. So... Overall, it kind of got, it kind of, it definitely got panned. Just goes to show you, though, that no matter what the quality of a movie is, just based on its own laurels or whatever, it could, it could go on to become one of the highest grossing movies or whatever at all times. Yeah, I think, I think they had Despite a quality. Of, yeah. I think between the fact that there was four movies that kind of like built up to this in a way, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, this is the next chapter in the Conjuring shit. I want to go watch yeah. it. Between that 
and just the fact that the like the, the poster was really good and like the yeah. the marketing and the nun. I mean, you've already got this mystery of the nun built up over those other movies where you like you want you you definitely want to see a full movie. Yeah, you want to see what's on going that. on here. Yeah, yeah, just that visual is great. Mm, yeah, the, the yeah. fucked up imagery of a demon nun. <laughs> but the but po- that goes to show the the storyline too to this movie was totally. They knew they had something when they had the nun in there that they had, would have to make something fully for her. Because the other two, the other movies based in the Conjuring universe are all sort of somewhat based on, I guess, you know, well, I was gonna say true stories, allegedly true stories. You know, we're dealing with supernatural, but they're all based on true stories. But the nun was the first one that was completely fictionalized from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah, like this wasn't from like the case files of the Warrens, right? This was just yeah. kind of a yeah. little thing they made up over here, which yeah. might which <laughs> might say something to the uh, story quality here. You know, that we'll get into and have our opinions on. But the poster was cool. The poster for this, and it's it's the same thing you see on like the Blu-ray cover. Pretty much the image you see from everything to do with this, where it's kind of like a, it's kind of half the the of the nun's face like burned down the middle, and then you see the uh, demon nun on the top. That poster actually won an award that year. It won the 2019 Golden Trailer Award for Best Horror Poster. <laughs> and it was nominated for something else too, but I, it didn't win it. I don't even recall what it was offhand. But yeah, but obviously these these aren't Oscar type movies or Emmy type movies or Golden Globe type movies. Even you know, <laughs> very rare you see these things listed anywhere. So it was directed by Corin Hardy, um, which really the only other thing I could find that anyone would know the man's work from would be The Hallow, which I have not mm-hmm. seen, but I, I remember seeing like the. The poster or the image for it or whatever that looked kind of cool, but I, I haven't watched it. Um, yeah, I did see that one. It was it was alright. It was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, um, I think he had done that previous to this, so you know, obviously now this is his claim to fame. It was written by Gary Dauberman, who was the director for Annabelle Comes Home, and he also wrote all three Annabelle movies. He wrote both It movies, the Swamp Thing series that was on the DC Universe uh, service, which I think is supposed to be airing on CW at some point here in 2020. Wow. They're going to re-air them or whatever. I'm sure they're going to edit them up because I think they were not ready for television type, you know, show. <laughs> like equivalent of R-rated? Sort yeah, of. yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, he, Gary Dauberman has, uh, has, has had a little bit of success. And, of course, like we mentioned before, it was produced by James Wan and Gary Dauberman and Peter Safran. You know, they all had their hand in it again. So it stars Damien Bashir as Father Burke. Um, you may most know him from Machete Kills. That was the second of the Machete movies. <laughs> the Danny Trejo um, straight up came out of a fake trailer from Grindhouse movies. He was in The Hateful Eight. He was in Alien Covenant. Um, he was in that reboot or remake, however you want to phrase it, of The Grudge from earlier this year in 2020, which I still haven't seen because I'm 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 waiting till we I'm waiting till we probably do it on here just because I know I'm probably going to be disappointed. So <laughs> I might as well just save it for our hot takes here on the on the show. And he's also apparently has a role in uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, which, you know, I guess we'll see in the next 10 years the way uh, theaters are going here lately. Um, <laughs> but apparently he's got a role in that, too. Um, so we'll see him in that. But I, I, I instantly remembered him from uh, there was a show that came on FX a few years ago called The Bridge, um, which mm. I, which I think was a remake from another country or something like that. But it was a really good show. Um, if you go and hunt it down one of these days, really good. And uh, oh, he was also in the show Weeds. So uh, uh-huh. that that show that was on uh, Showtime for a handful of years. It also stars Taisa Farmiga. I guess that's how you say her first name. T A I S S A. So it's either Tessa or Taisa Farmiga. As Sister mm-hmm. Irene. Now, in real life, she's the sister of Vera Farmiga, who plays Lorraine Warren in all these movies. Mm. 
that's her real life younger sister, like much younger. Apparently, there's like a twenty year difference between the two. <laughs> so she she must be uh, their mistake, their pleasant mistake. I'm assuming. <laughs> It's very rare you're gonna have kids twenty years <laughs> apart, because. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of funny. Like apparently too, I read that like they were kind of hesitant at first to give her this role because of that connection. You know, because she was the real life sister of Vera Farmiga. I guess they were kind of like uh, maybe we should look somewhere else. But like they did like you know X amount of uh, auditions, and she just kept coming out as like the best option. So they just finally decided to go ahead and go with it. Um, yeah, like as I was sitting there watching the beginning of the movie, I was like. Damn, this girl looks a lot like the the the, <laughs> the 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 main actress in The Conjuring. Yeah. Yep. This is weird. <laughs> For legit reasons. So then I, then I had to stop the movie. Look. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. It is. <laughs> you can see it especially like towards the end where she gets a little more frayed and like beat up a little bit. You know, like from mm. battling with the demon or whatever. Like you could really see it. Like you know the the resemblance to Vera Farmiga. Um, but you would know her from. There was a movie a handful of years ago called The Final Girls, which I, I think was kind of like a a comedy horror kind of thing, where it was like playing off of the the Final Girl aspect of horror movies and slashers. Slasher movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I um, saw that one. That was pretty funny. Sorry. And I think one of her very first roles was uh, she was in the very first season of American Horror Story, and I think she ended up playing in another season or two. You know, in, in different roles. You know how they do it in, in yeah American Horror Story, where each season is different, but. Um, yeah, especially she, those earlier seasons when they pretty much the whole cast would return, right? Yeah, it was different actors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For next it, season. Yeah, but yeah, she. Uh, I think that was from what I could tell was one of her first roles, if not her first, was uh, American Horror Story. So she's well rounded in the horror universe for sure. It'd be kind of interesting if they tried to you know tie the two sisters in together, like in the universe. <laughs> you know, like yeah. the younger sister yeah. turns out to be you know like an ant or you know something crazy like that yeah yeah <laughs> it also stars jonas bloquette as frenchy you probably wouldn't really you wouldn't really recognize him from a lot because i think he's like a, a a belgian actor or something so a lot of his movies you know for from belgium um but he also had a role in valerian and three days to kill which was a kevin costner movie from a, a handful of years back so you know he's, he's been around but the bulk of his work like i said would be like belgian films and stuff and all and that was the same thing with damien Bashir too like He's been acting since, like, for quite some time. I want to say, like, the 70s or 80s. But most of his movies uh, were in Mexico because he's, he's of Mexican descent. So, I mean, he didn't really, like, start doing things here in the U.S. until, like, the mid-2000s. He had, like, a pretty long career in, like, Mexican TV and, and uh, movies. And, of course, it also stars Bonnie Aarons as the nun, the demon nun, Valak. You might, other than, the, other than this role, I mean, obviously, I would say this is the role you would know for this lady now um but you may remember her from a movie called hell ride which was like produced by quentin tarantino it was directed by someone else but it was one of those like you know they slapped tarantino's name on it to kind of sell it yeah. kind of thing you know yeah. uh and uh, uh, a little movie called drag me to hell and <laughs> of course conjuring 2 and annabelle creation where you first saw this character this was a, a, a another thing that I, I referenced to you guys that i didn't tell you exactly what was going on so there was a band in the 90s called the counting crows if you recall and they had a hit song called Round Here. And the music video for that, she is in it. Uh, when, you, when, you go, when you go watch the music video for Round Here, um, there's a lady walking around like in the streets with like one of those the end is nigh type signs. You know, like the end of the world is coming kind of thing. And she's wearing like a white dress. It's Bonnie Aarons. <laughs> so uh, maybe I'll put the link to uh, Round Here, the music video, 
in the show notes here so you can click on it and check it out it's uh kind of funny knowing now what she you know where her where her career took her to uh, see her in this music video from like 1993 or four or whatever the year was that came out so i mean that that's kind of a lot of the background shit that i found uh, did you guys find out anything else that that wasn't mentioned here that's worth pointing out oh just like i'd mentioned about uh the castle uh, which i'd already mentioned about the dracula connection there and and the fact that that corvin castle was used in at least two other movies i can think of it's probably used in more but i don't know if y'all seen ghost rider the spirit of vengeance ghost rider movie was that the, that was the, the castle the second one right where he's pissing fire yeah is that the- yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think it was it was a location i think we've all done that yes yeah yeah, yeah at least one <laughs> i got a shot for it though so it was good <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now, the, blood rain uh, the vampire movie blood rain the one thing that i i, I found kind of odd about the uh there was a trailer for this that they only aired on youtube and it oh, was yeah. while you're sitting there i think like the screen's black and and you see, like, the audio levels start to go up, and then it drops all the way down. So I'm assuming, you know, if you're sitting there watching, you think, what the hell? Somebody's turning down my, my monitor. And then I guess, like, while you're, like, paying attention and trying to, like, futz with stuff, then the nun comes up screaming at you, <laughs> and, and it makes everybody jump. Uh, the reason it got banned on uh, YouTube was it was one of the trailers that would play right before whatever video you were about to watch, so you couldn't skip it. <laughs> So they're just scaring the shit out of little kids and and just everybody in general. I can't wait to watch this film. Oh God Almighty Jesus, what is that? <laughs> it also didn't it didn't it wasn't there a claim that it was giving people gas to? You see that? <laughs> you mean this YouTube, YouTube, the YouTube apology? Trailer? I'm sorry that for uh you know for frightening our viewers or whatever and also for giving them indigestion if that was the case. <laughs> what the hell? Like seriously. <laughs> Watch out, she'll give you the farts. <laughs> <laughs> Just scare the shit right out of you. Yeah. <laughs> it's intermission time. Time to pause and refresh at the snack bar. During this short break, you can treat your taste to good food and sparkling cold beverages, including delicious Coca-Cola. If you're hot dog hungry, we have them. Sizzling, juicy hot dogs served in warm, oven-fresh buns, plus a complete menu of all your favorites. Visit the Refreshment Center now. Enjoy delicious food and ice-cold Coca-Cola. All right, so the movie starts with flashbacks from The Conjuring 2. Like, what did you think of this, how effective it was to kind of, like, Bam, bam, bam. Here we go. Well, it was better than La Llorona. I'll go back to that. <laughs> I, look, I haven't seen this movie, but I got a feeling we're going to say everything's better than that once we finally see this thing. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm, I'm probably poisoning it in y'all's minds. You, know, oh, yeah, you, might, you might not think it's as bad as, I, you know, as I'm saying it is. And maybe it's not when second time around when I'm watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But as far as connections go, yeah, was that, that I could I could vouch for that that this the connections that they make here to the rest of the Conjuring universe is certainly better than the ones the scant ones in Lawyer. But I mean, they hit you pretty fa- hard and fast here though. Like it's as soon as like you see yeah. the Warner Brothers logo and then bam, remember all this shit from the Conjuring and the Conjuring Two, <laughs> bam, 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 bam. <laughs> then and then it says the following occurred in 1952, Abbey of Saint Carta, Romania, and then you go into the <laughs> you know to the current story. But it's just like man, it, it can't even last a minute. Of these flashbacks, you know, I guess they get like, well, look, if you're, if you're watching this one, you've probably seen the other one. So here's some highlights. We're going to connect you real fast. All right, here we go. You know? But if you're watching them chronologically, uh, what the hell just happened? Yeah. <laughs> Once again, I, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't recommend watching them chronologically. 
I yeah. don't think it would work. Yeah, not, definitely not the first time around. Yeah. No, not yeah, the first time around. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. <laughs> so then you see some nuns go down the corridor lined with crosses. The the crosses, the crossed corridor, whatever, however you want to say it. But at the, the end, corridor the, of crosses. Yeah. At the end of it, there's a door that says "God ends here." So if I could, uh, I think it's Latin or whatever the hell that is, right? Or uh, yeah. I, I'm assuming, Latin, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if I could read that, you know what? I'm just gonna turn around. I'm done with this place. If there's a door that says in a in a damn uh, abbey that says God ends here, <laughs> yeah, you know he's kind of like you know Dante's Inferno. <laughs> yeah, I get any of that. You know he's getting led into hell and it says abandon hope all ye who enter here, but yeah. then they just enter anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just say fuck <laughs> it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's pretty much what happens because uh, that these it's a like an older nun and a young nun. They open up the door and then the older one goes in there and then she gets the shit beat out of her. And she comes, like, dragging back out with the key and gives it to the younger one and then gets, like, sucked back into the room. Then uh, the younger one, like, goes back down the corridor there and then you see the uh, the demon nun coming and then the crosses start flipping upside down. And then uh, the, the nun just basically just, like, uh, sacrifices herself and, like, hangs herself out the window. And uh, I think, like, uh, she, ha- she hands up a cross or something or there's a cross on the wall and it catches on fire. So you know you're into some uh, some deep... Uh, <laughs> demonic shit here right Even out the gate. <laughs> then you're introduced to Frenchie who finds the nun hanging from, you know, from the windowsill dead and like crows are eating her face off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's got a pool of blood underneath yeah. where she's hanging. Right? Yeah. And that's when you see the title. Now, how many were there? Get it? Counting crows? No, mm-hmm. yeah, see? It all yeah. comes back. <laughs> it all comes together now. And then Kevin Bacon for some reason. Um <laughs> Then this is when you see the title, The Nun. Then yeah, her body falls at first, right? Didn't she? Or just the weight, I guess, on the rope. It snaps, and then a whole bunch of crows fly up. Yeah, and the yeah, nun yeah. And then that's, comes across yeah, the then that's when you see The Nun title, yeah. Um, then on the bottom, you see Vatican City, and this is where you're introduced to Father Burke, who basically the Vatican wants him to go investigate. I guess he's kind of like, what do they call him, like a miracle hunter? Some I think is what they call him. Yeah. Uh, they want to send him in to investigate this uh, death of the nun, and like the, I guess the... The, the silly, or not silly, but the crazy shit that's going on at this uh, abbey out in the middle of nowhere. Um, Essentially, back then's version of the uh, Warrens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then on the bottom you see London, England, and this is where you're introduced to Sister Irene, and uh, Father Burke comes to get her because he, he is told that she knows this area uh, uh, where, where they're going to Romania. And uh, he goes to get her, and then she says, he tells her this, and she says, well, I've never been to that that territory i've never been to romania so you're already like hmm (laughs) interesting (laughs) by the way when when they showed her you know like going back in there you know i instantly go back to uh uh that that annabelle movie and i'm expecting to you know possibly see the 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 nun from that movie somewhere in here Mm -hmm. even if it's like a younger version of her or something you mean from annabelle creation yeah you do but you don't see her in this but there is a uh, right reference to it here in a little bit mm-hmm. but you don't see her in this because what's the timeline chronologically this is 1952 52 when was uh annabelle creation that was like 55 56 57 something like that it's a handful of years later yeah i can't remember exactly but yeah, yeah it was a number of years not too many years but a few years after um, okay annabelle creation 1943 1952 1955 and 1967 so it's 1955. Like it, it, I think there's certain scenes that go over all those years, but I think the main story is in 1955. So right. that would be three years after the events of this movie. 
would be, you know, what happened in Annabelle Creation. For you, the listeners of the All-American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Some of the ones on Audible, like, you know, if you just go search horror, you know, just to see some relevant titles, um, something that might interest you. Uh, Year's Best Hardcore Horror Volume 1, um, that's nine hours, almost ten hours of uh, horror stories. Seller of Horror, the story of Gary Hednick by Ken Englid. Let's see, Dark Harvest. Warhammer Horror by Josh Reynolds. Imaginary Friend by Stephen Chabosky. That must be a pretty thick book. That thing's almost 25 hours long. (laughs) Which I'm sure is nothing next to some of those Stephen King books, but still. The Dark Water Bride, an audible original drama by Marty Ross. Um, A little shorter, but I think that's more of a theatrical type of thing. One of those audible originals. Short Horror Stories, Volumes 1 and 2. That's a little over three hours of uh, short stories, which I'm sure would be kind of cool. But you get the point. I mean, there's tons of stuff on there. I mean, you could just... You type in horror and look, I mean, there's, it didn't show exactly how many uh, things are coming back here, but I've got like 60 pages worth of, uh, okay, over 8,000 results. That's just typing in the word horror on Audible. So um, tons of stuff there if you, you know, if you like listening to that, you know, while you're traveling down the road or, or uh, just popping them, you know, popping your earbuds in and uh, listening as you work or whatever you're doing. Um, so to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audiobook. But I've never been to Romania. <laughs> and they never really explained that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. They never get back to that reason yeah, like, why she was chosen or why they thought she was. So what are we to glean? Yeah, I mean, what are we to glean from that? Like that people in the Vatican are into Satan, right? Like she, <laughs> she's pulling the string. <laughs> Valak pulling the strings up at the Vatican. I mean, what are, what are you supposed to get out of that? So they uh, arrive in Beerton, Romania. And this is where they, uh, uh, Father Burke and Sister Irene, they meet Frenchie. And uh, they want they want him to take take him to the Abbey because he's the one that discovered the nun's body. Wow. Um, so they head out that way. And there's just also this pretty funny scene where, like, uh, he's like, all right, uh, this is kind of backwater or whatever up here. Like, wh- you're like, you're going back in time. And as he's explaining this to him, like uh, Father Burke puts their yeah. luggage on the back of a, a truck, uh, truck right? <laughs> and then the truck takes off and then he's just standing there next to the horses. <laughs> hey, where's your stuff? <laughs> like, oh, our stuff, hey. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes and flags it down. Oh, did y'all notice the license plate though on that truck? No, I didn't really pay attention to it. Yeah, there's a nice little Easter egg there. It was like, uh, it had Valak, I forget, it had Valak, Valak spelled out in it. Not exactly like V-A-L-A-K. It was like some numbers in there too, right? Yeah, I think it was something like six V-A-O-1 lick. Yeah, yeah. So Valak is in the license plate. I didn't notice that. I was too busy rolling in the floor laughing at the... To notice I didn't notice it in the theater. I noticed it this time around watching it on the DVD or on the Blu-ray. But I, I didn't notice that in the theater because that was a pretty funny ass scene. So he takes them to the Abbey, and of course it's surrounded with crosses. Like I think there's, I think they go all the way around this thing. Like there's giant crosses stuck in the ground, like all around this Abbey. Um, once again, a clue to not go fucking near it. But you know, uh, <laughs> in we go. He decided to put her body in the ice house so you know she wouldn't rot or whatever. And then they go in there, and she's sitting up, like the body is sitting up, and it's frozen, but it's just sitting up. Um, and he's like. Father, I didn't. I laid it down when I brought it in here. I did not set that body up. So at this point, you you expect this thing to like jump up and start dancing or beating the shit out of him or something. But um, 
but basically father burke goes over and finds a key and it's you know the key that uh that, that the older nun gave to her as she jumped out of the window it's still in her hand um so they go and give her a proper burial and then they point out that like there's a lot of these tombstones around her with these bells and what that was from is like basically like what back like in the plague days or whatever the hell they would bury people with, a and they wouldn't necessarily be dead. <laughs> yeah, and they might not be dead, so they would put like a, a string down through the coffin, so like if they woke up, they could ring the bell, and then they'd come and get them out of there before they died. You know what term that come? You know what term we get from that these days? Mm-mm. Dead ringer. Ah, that's what the term. Oh, dead there you go. Comes from. Mm. That's right. Learning something with the spook show. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Educating. Yeah. <laughs> Professor gonna profess. <laughs> So, of course, they go into the castle, and then they have, like, a talk with the abbess. Now, they're just walking around, like, looking at this place. There's, like, these, like, I guess, are they, I wouldn't, I guess, are they coffins, or what would they call those? Like, it's not a mausoleum, but, like, sarcophagus, whatever, you know, where they're, like, the big stone yeah, thing yeah, with the coffins yeah. inside the of it. big, thick stone slab yeah, with the body inside of it. There's, like, half a dozen or so of these things in there, and then there's, like, this little throne or chair in the middle of it. And then, like, they hear somebody talking, and they come around the other side, and there's the abbess is sitting there with like this black veil over her so you don't see her but she's talking to him and they tell them like you know yeah we're about to go into our our time of prayer or whatever so they can't talk to you um, but you can stay the night you know in the little house over here on the side so then <laughs> Frenchie says like all right well i'm gonna head on out y'all are here now so uh, i'll come back in a couple of days so as he's heading out he sees a nun and of course he fucking follows it like dude if i'm <laughs> if i'm creeping around out here i'm not following anybody i see like you know like I'm just going to go ahead and head on out to where I need to go. Um, and then, like, like, while he's following the nun around, like, that nun is in the middle of all the crosses? Yeah. Like going, yeah. So what go, are the crosses doing? Going to, uh, true, but going towards the uh, 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 the graveyard or whatever, though. So they're, yeah. But then, like, right after that, so, like, he, he walks toward this, right, and then all of a sudden the nun from the beginning of the movie that got hung, she, like, falls on him, and then, like, you know, falls from a tree and then like screams, you know, and grabs a hold of him. Which I thought this was funny that he just grabs one of the crosses <laughs> and takes off and runs. Like, so, hey, like he's, he's gonna use it to pale somebody. Yeah, he's gonna make sure he's got one with him. So he just pulls it out of the yeah. ground, looks around, and then runs. Um, but I think that's also where they point out where like she could, she only can't like he kind of backs up from her, right? And he's amongst all these crosses, and it was almost yeah. like she didn't come any further. Like she kind of stopped on the edge of these crosses. And that's when he picks one up off the ground and runs off. Oh, yeah. yeah. So maybe they, maybe to a certain point they do something. I don't know. You know, it's kind of inconsistent logic with the old crosses there. But I, I don't know how effective they are against something like Valak anyways later on in the movie, right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, so like, when, when they go back into the convent or whatever where Father Burke and Sister Irene are in there, she's looking at some pictures. And one of the pictures hanging on the wall is the picture from uh, the nun's of the nuns from Annabelle Creation. Mm-hmm. That's when, like, she's standing there looking at the picture on the wall. That's that same picture you uh, were talking about, Will, earlier. Yeah. The same one from Annabelle Creation, although you don't see, like, the little weirdness. Remember in Annabelle Creation where she's like, this is sister so-and-so and sister so-and-so. They were really nice. And he's like, well, who's this? <laughs> yeah. And you see, like, a flash <laughs> of the nun. I've never noticed that before. Yeah. Well, I've never know. noticed that before. This dead space <laughs> over to the side. <laughs> <laughs> And, and it's like one of those old school, like, 90s comic book hologram covers where you, like, look at it to the left and you don't see it. Yeah. And then you look to the right and then she's there. It was one of those deals. So that's your Annabelle Creation 
As far as I know, that's the only reference to that nun from Animal Creation. Then uh, Father Burke tells Sister Irene the story of when he was uh, like serving during the uh, World War II about how he tried to save this little boy that got possessed and then uh, it went wrong and the boy died. He tells her the whole story of how this happened. And then that night the radio turns on. It's that old bit, you know, that they love to do in these movies. Where, like, the radio cuts on by itself, and then Father Burke goes in to investigate, and then he sees a little boy, and then he follows. Once again, man, if I'm seeing people just randomly pop up, I'm not just going, hey, come back here, and then run after them <laughs> in this in this clearly fucked up scenario. But, he, of course, he follows, and, and, of course, it turns out, like, he gets to the graveyard, and it's that possessed boy, and a snake comes out of its mouth. Burke falls backwards into a coffin. Like there's all of a sudden there's like a grave wide open and he falls back into a coffin and then it just seals up. And then it's his name's on the tombstone. <laughs> Here lies father Burke. <laughs> and then he starts. Now, I don't know if that's just any sort of a direct homage to anything, but what it brought to my mind was a uh, serpent in the rainbow. Seen that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> snake, that scene with the, the corpse with the snake and then, and then he, you know, gets buried alive. Mm hmm. Kind of reminded me of that a little bit. I don't know if it's direct, like I said, direct homage or not. It's also, they also tread a weird line in this movie, too, about, like, what seems like it shouldn't be real is real. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know. It's kind that, of, also kind of, look, that also very much brings to mind uh, Serpent and the Rainbow. It's just kind of off-putting to me. Like, this is, like, supernatural-type shit. And, and obviously, in this little scenario they've cooked up, you know, this stuff could happen, right? But, like, it seems to me they'd want to play it more like it was shit just fucking with them in yeah. their head. But no, yeah. like this really happened. He really fell into a fucking grave, <laughs> and he's well, trapped in it. Instantly <laughs> filled up <laughs> yeah. with grass growing on top of it. So it, it, yeah, also, it well, uh, the, once we get to the next part, there's another scene too that it reminds me of. But I'll mention that when we get to another movie. <laughs> it's kind of entering that territory from The Shining, where like you know, in Kubrick's version of it, where you know everything is just kind of a uh, you know like he's talking to ghosts and then all of a sudden there's the uh the pantry scene where the ghost helps him get out of the pantry yeah yeah where like it goes from like this ain't really happening to holy shit this is really happening you know kind of yeah. territory i don't know it's just it was a bit much for me but whatever we'll get into that so sister irene so like now he's trapped under underground in a coffin ringing the bell so sister irene wakes up like pretty much right at the same moment and she goes into the chamber, and there's like a, a a nun on the ground praying, and then you see a shadow. It's that same bit from uh, The Conjuring Two, where you see the shadow walking across the wall, and it kind of comes up behind her, and then she looks in the mirror, mm. and then the damn thing's behind her. <laughs> then she turns around, and it's not there. It just disappeared, and then it grabs her shoulder and screams, and then the mirror busts. And then that there's a huge cross, like a cross statue, you know, with with Jesus hanging mm -hmm. on it. It falls off, and then she takes off running. So then, <laughs> now I believe I believe it's right here, like when when uh, the nun pops up and she like screams and yeah, like, and it looks like shattered. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's, yeah, and it it's seems like the, the teeth are about to come out of her mouth. Yeah, yeah. dude, <laughs> yeah. dude, I laughed out loud when that <laughs> popped up, and I, I don't think that was the original purpose. Yeah, <laughs> it just seemed almost like cornballish. Valak has false teeth and almost lost them <laughs> <laughs> screaming. <laughs> but this is where they really play over the uh, jump scares. I mean, that's all that was, yeah. like a cheap-ass jump scare. Oh, you yeah. know? <laughs> um, there was one, what, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the count, hell, we should have counted jump scares in this movie. Yeah, that would have been fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know what that one was whenever the, you know, the nun and the mirror, the mirror breaking and whatever. That was at least, I don't know, three or four already into it at that point. 
what will smaller be, jump scares or whatever. What will be even more fun is if you were like take a make a drinking game out of it. A drinking game out yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> take a scare. shot every time there's a jump scare. <laughs> You'll be like drunk off your ass in the first thirty minutes. So all this happens to Sister Irene. She takes off running, and then as soon as she goes outside, it's like she can hear that that bell ringing. You know that Father Burke's underground, and he's ringing the bell, and it's almost like in the chaos of all like. I just don't get the connection of her like running out like fuck that was fucked up. I just saw a demon nun and a cross fell and all this and a shadow moved across the wall and all this shit. And then she runs outside <laughs> for some reason and then she hears a bell. Like what are the odds that she's going to hear this? You know that this thing is hundreds of yeah. yards away at least, right? But she heads <laughs> over that way and then like she's standing. She sees or she hears the bell ring. She's standing in the graveyard and all of a sudden all the bells on these tombstones start ringing. Then she has like this weird like mind reading type of moment, right? Where <laughs> she shines for a second and uses her force and she can hone in on which bell it is that Father Burke is ringing, that he's underground. And she finds it and then she starts digging. And she digs pretty damn fast for a, for a small nun. Then it's, of course, like right before she's about to like, you know, find the coffin underground, something grabs a hold of him, of Father Burke inside the coffin. And then she basically like busts it open and gets him out just in time. And then they look back down in there and there's a skeleton holding uh, some books inside the coffin. So once again, it's that fine line between like, that shit really happened, but did it really happen? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was under there and she had to dig him up. Then all of a sudden they look down and there's a skeleton with books in there, like, what the hell did we just see, right? <laughs> and then this is the part too where I was going to mention where another where it kind of reminded me of another movie a little bit or an homage, maybe totally coincidence, but uh, that whole lead up to her finding him and digging him out, and then the shovel. What doesn't it narrowly misses up right when she goes to crack open the, the yeah, coffin with yeah, a shovel? She, she sticks it in there like, in like it comes like thing. yeah yeah like a couple inches from his nose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have, have you seen uh, Lucio Fulci's The Gates of Hell, or I think it's called City of the Living Dead? No. Uh, I remember. That I think one, you listed it. I think you listed it in your top thirteen uh, favorite horror. Did you not? Yeah, probably I think did. We, yeah, yeah I think probably wasn't did. it. But uh, or no, I might have been the Beyond. That was the Beyond, I think. But still, this okay. is very much. This is like very, same territory, same director. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a scene in there where he, uh, where there's a somebody is buried in a in a call. You know, same scenario. There, they were buried alive. Guy hears them and he starts digging, digging them out, digging her out, and uh, has a pickaxe. I think it is, and does that same thing where he's, you know, near narrowly misses. Uh, but the, well, the strange thing about this was that when I was taking a picture, you know how I take a picture of these DVDs when I watch them, right? And I put them on my Facebook page, uh-huh. Instagram, whatever. Well, when I took a picture of this one, I had it on top of a stack of DVDs. Or the DVD stack was too tall, so I removed a few of them and just threw those DVDs to the side and set the DVD and the nun pop vinyl figure I had on top of it and took a picture. And then when I posted it, I noticed later that the DVD it was sitting on was The Gates of Hell, oh. <laughs> which was totally coincidental. It just happened to be there when I put, took the stack off and sat it there. And then there's some other references in this movie, you know, as it gets further in about literally the gates of hell opening, and you know, later on near the end of the movie and stuff. So that was just a weird little coincidence there. <laughs> Valak is messing with you. Yeah, definitely. If you fall asleep and then wake up and you're inside of a coffin, you know you've uh, you've gone too <laughs> yes. far. I'm in trouble. Um, just make sure you ring the bell. <laughs> All right. At, right after this, you're introduced to Sister Oana. She, she's a nun there at the uh, Abbey. You know, she kind of quickly becomes like friends with uh, Sister Irene and tells her some stuff. And this was funny too. Like, uh, you go back to Frenchie, he's back in the town and he's talking to the dude at the bar, but he's still got that cross, <laughs> that gigantic cross next to him as he's sitting at the bar. <laughs> what are you looking at? What? 
Yeah. What of it? I think it's funny too. Like every time they mention the Abbey, they spit like <laughs> all the people in the town. Oh yeah. When they're talking like yeah, basically like, bad shit happens up there. You know. <laughs> so the then Borgo like, Pass. You don't want to go to the Borgo Pass. Yeah. I'm sorry. Dracula. <laughs> so Father Burke, like those books that they found down in the uh, in the coffin, he takes and starts looking, and th that's when he finds out some stuff in there about Valak and finds out Valak's name. Which, as you find out, like in The Conjuring 2, has a lot of power against him, right? Like, as long as you know the demon's name, you can use it against him. Yeah. He knew it and never used it. Maybe he just wasn't privy to that same information that Lorraine Warren knew, even though he is a miracle hunter. Anyways, so he's sitting there looking at these books, and then like a gate. There's like a gate in there, and then it like drops down and locks them in. So basically, they're locked in for the night because like uh, they're sealed in. I guess like overnight or something like that. I guess for prayer is what they're told, but they're locked in. Then Sister Awana tells Irene the uh, the story, the sto basically the, the background, the story of the castle, the origin, I guess, of Valak in a way. There was like this duke that owned the castle. And this was all a bit too much for me. Like, <laughs> this was just like, this is a little over the top, you know, to a, to a degree here. Um, there was some duke that was into the devil, I guess. So he built this castle so he could have this special room to summon a demon. And then, like, uh, right as he's about to, like, bust it open and the demon's about to come out, like, uh, warriors from the church bust in and they seal it with the blood of Christ. Um <laughs> And then apparently it stayed that way for a long time, and then because uh, they turned it into a church to kind of you know protect it, and then World War II set it free, <laughs> just some bombs yeah. being dropped, like so it was <laughs> it was that easy this whole time just <laughs> just just jar it real good and then it'll bust back open and you've opened the gates of hell. Um, I don't know, it was just a bit too corny for me the whole the whole thing. <laughs> so that's kind of the origins of. Valak, I guess, and and where this thing. But well, that ought to prepare you for the next movie we're doing. We haven't announced that yet, but anyways. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh, that's a tease. <laughs> um, Wait till the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now they're locked in. And they got to spend the night. So uh, then uh, later on, Father Burt goes in, and the abbess tells him that it's uh, too late for Sister Irene. She's lost, and then it just slumps over, and then the cross on his chest starts like glowing and then like father burt goes over to it and then like he grabs her hand and then all of a sudden it's like a corpse hand and he pulls off her arm and then he he looks back and she's just gone so apparently <laughs> she wasn't really a thing to begin with right <laughs> yeah i guess it's just valak fucking with him um, well i think i think the whole thing with this movie is like the uh all the nuns there are dead i mean obviously our spirits, uh, right? now, yeah yeah our spirits but spoiler like, they only like, like most of the nuns only spoke to the the nun in waiting, I guess, or you know the the yeah. well, <laughs> name. I can't remember her name right now either. Sister, yeah, Sister Irene. Yeah, yes. yeah, Sister yeah. Irene. Yeah, I don't think like, you really come to that conclusion until here until towards the end. Yeah, a scene that's coming up here pretty soon. When you come to that conclusion, oh shit! Wait a minute. You know, it's like it's almost like your sixth sense kind of moment. Like, oh okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then Irene wakes up, and uh, someone is like, "There's a nun in the room. Like somebody's sitting in the room." And then did you notice, like, uh, as she's, like, walking over toward it, the cross on the wall just slowly turns upside oh, yeah. down? real slowly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that was probably, like, like my, one of my, my favorite things in the movie was just how subtle that was. Yeah, yeah. It's just way back in the background. A small little cross just slowly flips upside down as she's going towards this nun. Uh, mm -hmm. Then the nun kind of stands up and then, like, looks at her, 
pulls a rope and then jumps out the window. So clearly it's like kind of replaying what happened from earlier in the movie. Then the door opens, the door to the bedroom opens, which was locked, by the way. Like she got locked in there. Irene goes out and finds and searches around and then finds the old cross corridor with the door at the end that says, God ends here. <laughs> and then that door slowly opens and there's uh, a, the demon nun, Valak standing there and they're kind of like smiling at her then it's almost like the corridor or like the whole room or whatever just flips is it like does it get tilted up or does it flip over somehow like she's just kind of yeah, hanging like on the side rotates. of the wall <laughs> yeah yeah like <laughs> it's like the whole room rotates she kind of falls on the side accidentally lets go of the key and it's sliding down and then she falls like down the corridor on the door just as it closes and she looks and she's got the key in her hands and then two hands bust through the old God ends here door and grab a hold of her. And uh, she runs down the corridor and then Sister Rowana grabs her and uh, tells her, like, go get your stuff. Like, uh, we got to go pray. We must pray. Then you see Father Burke. Uh, he's got this little deal on the side going on where he sees a nun walk into a confessional booth. And then like, he looks in the booth and she just disappears. Uh, then you cut back to Sister Irene. She goes into the chapel and uh, Sister Victoria is in there praying. There's a body laying in the floor, like with a white sheet over it. And she pulls it back, and it's Sister Rowana, and she's dead. So then, and, and like she's got blood coming out of her eyes, and she's holding a cross. Then you go back to Father Burke, you know, dealing with the, confession, the confessional booth stuff over there, and he sees that damn possessed boy again. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, like a snake coming out of its mouth, like, you know, kind of fucking with him. And then you see hands start busting out of the walls. So, of course, he does the natural thing, and he books it. He runs out of there. <laughs> The only thing that really made sense out of this movie. Yeah, like, I just saw some <laughs> fucked up shit. I'm going to run the opposite way. Bravo, good sir. You've got good sense. <laughs> At that it, moment, it had its moment of realism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the moment. Then they just blow it up after that. You go back to the chapel, and all there's, like, a group of nuns. So, like, Sister Irene is kind of, like, in her white habit, her robe or whatever, in the middle of all these ones with, like, the regular black, you know, black and white habits on, right? So it's kind of like they're, they got a circle going on around her and they're all praying. Then all of a sudden, all of the nuns in the chapel get blown back across the room, except for Sister Irene. She's still kind of there in the middle, like praying. Father Burke, as this is going on, he goes down to the ice house. There's like this little sheet of ice. And then that, that nun that was hanged, remember the one that they had in the ice house earlier? She busts out of the ice <laughs> and then she's coming toward him. And then Frenchie <laughs> appears out of nowhere and knocks her fucking head off with a rifle or with a, <laughs> or with a stick or whatever the hell he does. He just knocks her head clean off and like blood spatters up on his face. So once again, it's that fine line between like, is this shit really going on? Or is this, you know, like what the hell's happening here? Right. <laughs> As uh, you cut back to Sister Irene praying in this room with the other nuns, uh, 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 the back of her habit gets, like, torn back. And then they start cut like, something starts cutting a pentagram on her back. Which, once again, I don't think they ever really addressed again, right? Like, nope. she gets She straight up nope. gets a pentagram cut into her skin. She just kind of covers it up, and then never it's never mentioned ever again. To the... <laughs> like, like, about the only thing I could see, you know... Uh, to link that is the fact that uh, she ends up in a pentagram later in the movie, but I mean, yeah. she wouldn't know it because it's on her back. <laughs> she didn't know what happened. <laughs> she just thinks she got cut. <laughs> she didn't know there's a full on fucking pentagram on her back. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, like, like with you talking about like, is this stuff really going on or, you know, or whatnot, you know, obviously like, you know, in the fifties, you know, like cameras weren't, you know, so prevalent as they are, say, like today, you know, where everybody has like a security camera. It, it would be a, interesting to see a version of this movie where it's only the actors like doing their scenes and like none of the nuns are actually there. Yeah. So, you know, Frenchie busts in and, and, and uh, 
uh, hits the air with the gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm starting to think that's really what was happening here. Like, you know, Valak is this whole movie is just fucking with him. Like, none of this stuff really Valak, happened. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Which, yeah. Which is, to a certain degree, true, I think, right? <laughs> as far as the, uh, the nuns. Well, it, yeah, some aspects of it, absolutely. Possibly. I mean, I guess they kind of leave that up for interpretation somewhat. Yeah, yeah. So, like, she's got this pentagram cut on her back, and then Father Burke and Frenchie come busting into the room, and she's like, me and the other nuns, we've been praying this whole time. And they're like, what nuns? And then this is when you get the, uh, whoa? You know, there, there really wasn't any. And then they go over to the sheet where, the you know, there's a body laying on the floor, and they pull it back, and, like, now it's just a dried up corpse, so it's been laying there for a long time, clearly. <laughs> then, of course, like they're having that moment of like, man, you know, like quiet and like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and then it sits up and it stabs Father Burke in like in the leg with a cross, that cross that it was holding. <laughs> so once again, this is uh, it's it's real. Is it fake? I don't know. So then Father Burke comes back and like burns it with a holy water cross. Like he pours some holy water on a cross and it burns it. Like, puts it on its head and just burns the whole damn corpse up after Frenchie shoots it. <laughs> Like I, I don't know with if like a water gun full of uh, holy water. No, yeah, that was, yeah. That was Lost Boys. Yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> Didn't they do something like that in uh, the Monster Squad too? I think. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, like once again, like is a rifle really going to do anything in this in this scenario? You know, like, <laughs> but it does. I guess it puts it down, and then he's able to burn it up and kill it. Well, they don't have the Ghostbuster backpacks yet, so. So, yeah. <laughs> they, so now they come to the conclusion that they they need to seal this uh, they need to seal this demon back up to contain it. So then uh, Sister Irene says she wants to take the vows to become a nun. So Father Burt kind of help you know go, goes ahead and does like the little uh, ceremony or whatever to make her uh, a nun. And you know like during this whole movie you know like Valak's like constantly around the corner. It was super nice of Valak just to give them a couple minutes so she can knock that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's it's nothing if not polite, at least, you know. <laughs> then this, there was like this little subplot too where like, so I guess I guess there's kind of like this thing where Sister Irene has like a little bit of uh, the shine or something, right? Like, it's like yeah, kind of like a little small subplot something. where like she can read minds or, or has some little intuition type of deal. I don't know what the hell it you is. Know, right? well, I think, Which I think is also coincidental. With... She has visions. Yeah. yeah. Like, so she has some kind of psychic power on sm some small level right what was that you were saying earlier willie that about there might be some, maybe there was some i mean we're just joking around connection between her and her real life sister who's playing uh yeah lorraine uh, oh yeah no, lorraine Warren, I, haven't, I haven't read anything who also so has uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it would be you know it'd be a nice like you know huge circle you know to have it go from one to the other whatever irene's uh last name is which I don't think they ever say. Maybe they do and they don't. But like, as you come to find out, Lorraine Warren's birth name is this last name, and there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but yeah, the reason I make uh, uh, make that point is that whenever she has her, she says something like she used to have dreams when she was younger, and, uh, and all the dreams would end with Mary points the way. You know, that, that somewhere in there this would be said, and like I think she even has a dream before this where that's the way it ends. Mary points the way and then she wakes up, right? So they come to this place where they're trying to find the, the little secret room that has the, the relic in it. And there's a, there's a statue of Mary and it's pointing and like the fingers glowing like Goonie style, you know, like, <laughs> Hey, it's that way. And as it turns out, like they use the key and, uh, there's a relic, there's, uh, there's a like a little secret room with the relic of the blood of Christ in there. <laughs> there's just this random vial of the blood of Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> in the secret room. It's like, like, forget the Holy Grail. We really found the true relic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just found the Who blood the of Jesus. <laughs> now, um, we're putting down valley. Let's only use a little bit of this, okay? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit would go a long way, but no. Nah. Probably would have. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but she did get desperate. I'll give her that. Um, so they go past the old God ends here door. <laughs> There's that famous door again. And then they, and of course they go past this fucking door and then they split up. Um, they go in different directions. And then like the faceless nuns attack sister Irene, like, or you see them and like, they run after her, right? Like it's just these nuns with the habits, but they got no face. And yeah, uh, like, she, I'm telling you, that was, that's probably the best image in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was spooky as hell. And where do you go when you're running from faceless nuns? You end up into the room with the pentagram on the floor. <laughs> and, like, the, the candles instantly light up and everything. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it had Valak spelled out in the middle of it, too, didn't it? <laughs> it may be. I don't right, know. The pentagram. <laughs> um, and then, of course, over on the side in this pentagram room, there's some hooded nuns, like, it's nuns with like the white hoods. Right? Yeah, yeah the, <laughs> with the uh, with the white habits on, and they got like burlap sacks on their heads. That's the early version of Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, that's a that's another connection there we didn't think of. <laughs> Trick or treat, which ties us back to Brian Singer, which ties us back to Street Trash. There we go. And, and the real reason why they held off until closer to Halloween to put it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then uh, Father Burke, uh, while she's in the pentagram room there with the hooded nuns, Father Burke is fighting all, or he finds the faceless nuns and then fights them with fire. Like he like tosses his lamp down in a perfect cross. Like <laughs> he like tosses the fuel out of the lamp and it, and it forms a cross and then like throws the lamp down on it and it catches fire and it like fights them off so like from their angle it was upside down from his angle it was right side up yeah so, <laughs> so which ends the deadliest um <laughs> so then frenchy busts into the pentagram room with the hooded nuns and uh finds irene hovering like she's doing like a michael jackson from a smooth criminal <laughs> over <laughs> over the pentagram she's like hovering over it and she looks up hold and on she, hold on now, and before this part, like, he busts into the room, and he sees all these women. He goes to leave, and he's like, no, no, for some reason I can't go through this room. Well, he hears and he starts, her. like, easing his way through them. Yeah, well, like, he goes in, he sees them, like, fuck this, and he's about to turn around. Then he hears uh, Irene say, like, help me, Frenchie, something like She says something. So then that's why he's got to go back through, like, oh, shit, one of these, she's in here. I got to find her. So then he's... <laughs> so he, I'm going to tiptoe in between all these people. Well, what the hell would you do? <laughs> I've got a gun. I'm just going to start laying everything out. No, I'm just going to swing my arms and say, if <laughs> if I hit you, it's your fault. And I'm going to run toward... <laughs> and I'm going to run toward all the hooded nuns. <laughs> and then meanwhile, all right, let's just say in this hypothetical scenario, all right, I'm going to tiptoe through all these all these bloody nuns. Crick, all right, fuck it. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then there's a good risk that Valak's fucking with you and you just killed Sister Irene, you know, so I guess... <laughs> You gotta, you gotta be careful. Um, well, now he doesn't. Now he doesn't have her to possess. So. Yeah. <laughs> Game over. Another fun fact in France: the movie is known as Frenchie and the Hooded Nuns. You know? <laughs> That's another nugget from the professor. <laughs> also, a great punk band. <laughs> <laughs> so then he uh, uh, takes uh, like a little bit of the Christ blood. And puts it on her, like he, he, I guess he takes it out of the little vial and puts it on her, and then it just like throws Irene out, like it kind of separates the two, right? And then Valak comes out and st like 
grabs Frenchie by the throat and like holds him up and is choking him. And you believe there that he you know he's been choked out. Then Father Burke, <laughs> meanwhile over on the side, he gets attacked by the snake boy again. <laughs> this <laughs> this possessed boy won't leave him the fuck alone. <laughs> um, and then uh, that's, like, that's just Valak fucking with about. Oh, I got your weakness. But this this is a the pretty. I thought this was a <laughs> visually this was a pretty cool scene though. Where like Irene gets thrown into the next room and like there's what like there's mm. a bunch of water in the room, so she's on one side and like I guess like Father Burke and like they're all kind of separated on the other side of the room and then all of a sudden Valak slowly comes out of the water, like right in front yeah, of Sister yeah, Irene. Cool. It was yeah. a pretty cool little scene there. And uh, then she grabs a hold of Sister Irene and, like, puts her under the water to drown her. Irene manages to grab the little vial of uh, Christ blood. And then when Valak picks her up out of the water, she opens up her eyes and then spits the Christ blood right in her face. And, and Valak's face. Which, like you said, like, a little bit would have went a lot <laughs> a lot further if you just held on to the old Jesus blood there. But she decided to drink, like, the whole vial and then spit it in his face. But, you know, she was about to get drowned out, so I guess, you know, you can forgive her. Um, or, you know, you know, Valak's in the water. You can open it up a little bit and just drop it there. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. I'm sure it would have, uh, the whole thing of water would have become blessed from just yeah. a drop of the Jesus blood. But so, like, and we were talking about homages earlier. I think that that almost seems like a direct ripoff. To have it. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if y'all have seen Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, right? Yeah. You've seen that? Wasn't there a scene in there where they split, spit holy blood? I don't know if it was Jesus' blood or... Some kind of holy blood onto the demon in that one. To yeah, it seems it. like I do recall something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, I mean, all these things, you know, they're probably not a coincidence, you know, that there's yeah. some homage <laughs> to these other past I, movies, you know. I mean, yeah. these dudes have uh, done a lot of these uh, type of movies, so clearly they're fans of it. So uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if there's little callbacks and stuff like that. True. So then uh, Valak is, like, sucked back into the hole. Like, it just, like, it causes a whirlpool into, like, the, the hell hole. <laughs> into the junk hole and like <laughs> Valak is like sucked back down into it like you know as she's like ripping at her face and everything and just gets sucked back down in the hole and then it seals back up or kind of seals back up right it's all cracked looking and shit but it seals back yeah. up like nothing happened but meanwhile Frenchie has pulled Irene out and like saves her like you know he thought she'd drown but like he saves her life and then of course uh, Father Burke's uh, left eye got all messed up from fighting the snake boy over there because the snake like bit him in the eye so I, I'm assuming that, like, you are to assume that, like, you know, he's blind in that eye now from this uh, attack. Right after that, like, Irene's putting, like, the bandage over his eye and, you know, every, everybody's all right. So they, they get their shit and they're they're leaving out and Sister Irene is talking to Frenchie and then uh, says, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but, you know, we'll, you know, maybe I'll... I'll go here, whatever, whatever he says something, right? Like, I'll go back to Canada or wherever the fuck he's going to go. And then he kind of rubs his neck and then you look and there's an upside-down cross like branded into his neck. Then it says 20 years later, Wakefield, Massachusetts. And this is where you see the uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren giving a lecture on possession. And it's a flashback to the, pretty much toward the beginning of the very first Conjuring movie yeah. where uh, the, the parent mom comes in and she sits down and listens to the lecture or whatever. And then they directly mentioned that like Frenchie was possessed and that's the guy that you see in the film that they're giving in the lecture. So then you have the credits. So there you go from uh, 2018, The Nun. What was your take on the end of it there, like the connections, Will? I mean, it, it puts a big red bow on it. I mean, you know, it, it gives you, you know, the full circle of, uh, all right, well, you, you know where this leads into and, and, and how it goes. Yeah, I mean, it felt nice. What do you think, Smoke? None of your business. Oh, wait, no, sorry. <laughs> this ain't the um, place for me to talk about it. <laughs> 
Uh, I, I, all I can say is y'all haven't seen La Llorona yet, so I keep going back to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess it could have been a lot worse, the connections they made. I mean, yeah, it's, <laughs> I think it wraps it up as far as it connecting it. Not any better or worse, maybe, than some of the other Conjuring and Annabelle movies have linked each other. The only thing was I noticed was they, they put that actor in that scene, right? Because that scene was shot for the first Conjuring, but it had, had a different actor, I assume. Yeah, I wanted to go back. They shot that or digitally changed or somehow manipulated it. Yeah, I think they just kind of switched it up a little bit. But like, I wanted to go back and watch it just to see yeah. it again because I know it's not that guy. But I do think like yeah. it's a uh, you're led to believe it's an older version of Frenchie that you will see because it is oh, yeah. twenty it is twenty years later. So you know he would look a little different twenty years yeah. gone by, and he's possessed by a demon. So <laughs> he's not going to look exactly <laughs> the way he did in this movie. <laughs> Although you know they still left, in my opinion, they still left some meat on the bones for another nun movie too, right? Because they didn't necessarily make all that connection to how how the hell did Valak from The Conjuring two get to that family and you know the old bill wilkins yeah yeah you know right they didn't <laughs> yeah true, true they didn't com- completely make that connection yet so there's definitely another yeah. movie there they got they right yeah. i mean i would think they'd have to say all right well, well, how yeah the fuck, i would say they probably left that open-ended like that yeah how the fuck that, did it get to there get time. there yeah in that house so gives them another you know i mean especially now that the, <laughs> after the nun made that much money oh that, they have uh, said, for sure they, they're gonna have to do another nun yeah thing. well they have all but confirmed there's going to be another one I think yeah. it's just kind of getting pushed back because of, you know, everything that's going on right now with the pandemic and they have other movies lined up and everything. So it's probably going to be a few years, you know, two or three years or yep. so. But, um, yeah, they have said that there is another one coming eventually. So I guess, you know, with that being said, we'll go ahead and get into our uh, star rating. So, Will, lead us off. What do you think? I'm going to shoot this one off with a, a two and three quarters. Like, I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. But I definitely wouldn't put it on par with the other Conjuring movies, and there, and there, there's just a there's a bunch of plot holes in this one that that, that never get even acknowledged after it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just kind of my issues with that one. So yeah, uh, two and three quarters. Smoke. What do you think? Uh, I'm going going with two and a half for me. Two and a half. I think it's it's again like I said, it's not a terrible movie. Kind of middle middling, you know. It storyline. It could have it could have definitely been better as far as the story also way too many jump scares i think they could have played up some more some more of the genuine creepiness that was going on in the movie rather than relying too much on the jump scares i think one thing it did get right i I love the gothic atmosphere of it and i think that comes from the location setting in romania where they were so i mean the movie shot or it's not shot in but it's supposed to be 1952 but you you get the feeling of it being a much older film because once they get out of the city and get to the monastery it's out in the you know woods of romania or whatever and once they're inside that monastery it's really very gothic atmosphere that comes into play there and i like that kind of reminds me a little bit of hammerish hammer type films you know <laughs> and then of course the cheesy satanic demonic theme thing like we were talking about that comes in near the end it's also sort of uh reminds me of hammer films a little bit which is not what you necessarily want to be reminded of if you're watching the conjuring universe right? so <laughs> might be a little bit cheesy there with the uh with all the demonic goings on at the end that were a bit heavy handed, but yeah, I'll go two and a half. I think I'm going to go with, I think I'm going to go with you smoke two and a half. I think we're all kind of on the same page with this. Like, you know, the story just isn't as good as these other ones that we've watched before you know, the, the first four conjuring mm-hmm. universe movies, I, I think it does rely too much on the jump scares and, and, and they're not extremely effective jump scares, you know, like at, to boot, yeah. like, it, it, <laughs> like we're going to lean in on this, but we're not even going to do it all that good. You know, <laughs> yeah. And and that's the, that's the disappointing part is it could have been so much better you know like in terms of that like, uh, and yeah. a lot of those jump scares they already gave away 
in the trailers. <laughs> I well, mean, if you, the main one, which everybody's seen, if you've seen the trailer, of her misdirection, you know, there's this, the faceless type nun behind her, and then she kind of finally turns and sees that faceless nun, but then out of, you know, screen left comes, boom, this other, the, the actual nun, you know, that scares the, tries to scare the shit out of you. You've already seen it, as well as a couple other jump scares in the trailer, so when it comes to the movie, you're like, you're already expecting it. I think we're all on the same page here. Like, we all enjoyed it enough to recommend it, but, you know, probably out of these movies, it's just not quite as good, you know. I think if mm. I'm if I'm putting these putting it in with these first five that we've watched, I say this is right there somewhere around the first Annabelle for me. Like you yeah. know, like yeah, you got the Conjuring one, Conjuring two, and then Annabelle Creation, and then Annabelle and the Nun somewhere around there. Mm. Like as far as where I'm ranking yeah. them, I think definitely those two those two Conjuring movies are probably the best so far. Um, Cre- Annabelle Creation was really good though, you know, too. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, I mean, if you want to hear us talk more about all those movies, we've done them. I don't have the episodes here in front of me, which ones they were, but we've talked about all four of those so far. So you can go back in the archives and uh, listen to our thoughts on each on each one of those. But I think overall, like if you're this far into the franchise, you want to keep going and you want to watch them. You want to watch the new ones that come out. And, I, you know, it's definitely enjoyable enough as far as modern horror is concerned. Um, these are very successful. So they're definitely worth going and checking out. Will. What was your kill count? This one kind of gets a little murky because, you know, you got like uh, all the knights running in and they all died and and this and that. I came up with 11, but there could easily be a lot more. Or Uh, less. It's just kind of, it's just kind of hard to count because, and then you've got like corpses dying. So do you count the dead dying again? That's what I'm saying. Like you could even go less because like really at the (laughs) end of this, right? Who are the only ones that are really alive here? It's yeah. Father Burke, Sister Irene, and Frenchie, right? I mean, I think everyone else has probably already died. Well, yeah, but you see the nun, uh, the two nuns at the beginning die. Yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, Mother Abess. Uh, they got dragged off. Six, Sister Victoria, who hung herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel, the, the little boy. This one thing that says girl committed suicide, I think that may have been something that was just talked about uh, somewhere in the movie. It was the girl from the village. Or, you yeah, know, whatever the hell yeah, nearby. Yeah, she was just talked about, right? Like, yeah, you never saw it. Yeah. Hey, that's what they were talking about when he brought the cross into the bar. Right, yeah. right. And you saw, like, her family crying over in the corner? Uh, there were five people killed by the Duke when he came in. The Duke got decapitated. Sister Oaka. Oana. And then, and then here it says the eight nuns. But technically the nuns weren't there. They had okay. been killed before yeah i think they were already dead the two zombie sisters and then valak at the end so that's why i say you could go with a higher number or a much lower number <laughs> yeah, we got another one of those yeah. like uh murky uh <laughs> yeah it is could, yeah so smoke what did you come up with for the gore score for this one for the gore score again and we uh i know we haven't we haven't had too many to push the meter one of these days we'll get a real chunk blower up there like a 10 <laughs> or something but we haven't had it yet <laughs> if only we were doing this back when we did like uh return of the living dead or street trash yeah 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 <laughs> yeah we really get that meet that gore score meter up there but yeah uh for this one that wasn't too it wasn't a whole lot i mean it honestly i don't even know I'm trying to think why it would push an r rating I mean, I other than the fact that maybe they wanted to get an r so <laughs> put a few things in there i know i know you can get an r for terror but i don't think this movie had enough t- you know pushing it for uh for that, jump scares and whatnot. That, but, that is a good point. Uh, <laughs> There's nothing like overtly rated R in this, yeah. other than well, I yeah, guess there's not really any nudity. There's not really any. I don't remember even any language. I mean, it's 1952, so there wasn't really. I guess it's just know, that demonic. I guess it's just that demonic 
slash religious imagery. Yeah, yeah. probably. You probably. Uh, that, go... I mean, there was a little bit of, of, of gory. You know, not not overly gory, but I mean, I was going to go with a four. I think for the gore score on it, but yeah, that's probably fair. I'm trying to think of what you have the nun at the beginning. You don't see her hang. I mean, other than going out the window, or whatever. You see the aftermath of uh, that's Frenchie probably, finding her. With that's the probably the goriest. One of the goriest things probably right there. Is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you see her body in the ice box, but yeah, I mean, it's not bloody or anything necessarily. It's just creepy image but not necessarily violent and then you see her head get knocked off by Frenchie later and a little bit little other scenes of slight blood and whatnot so yeah I think I think a four and that might be pushing it might be more like a three and a half I guess I'll go with the four that was another thing that you just mentioned that I forgot to mention as we were talking about it how that little pool of blood kept getting bigger and it was still wet on the yeah. steps <laughs> like so like they come along like what days later maybe a week or two later yeah and it's <laughs> it was... still wet Yep. And then they go back in there the next night, or they go back in the up the steps the next night, and there's more blood, and it's still wet. <laughs> What's real? What's fake? No one knows. So there you go. That's uh, the 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 latest our latest review of uh, the fifth movie in the Conjuring universe, The Nun. So sooner or later we'll get around to the Curse of La Llorona. That'll be next, and then Annabelle comes home. So probably later on this year because we got some other things. We'll that be we... caught up, right? I think that's it. I yeah, mean, yeah, up to what they've made so far. That'll bring us current until uh, next June, 2021. But we've got some other things lined up, including our next movie. Uh, we're gonna go back in time again. You know, once again, if you if you've never really noticed the pattern, we usually go like newer movie, older movie, back and forth. So this will be the older. I don't movie. know. Have we ever mentioned what our cutoff was? I mean, to people listening. Or not what our what our criteria for old and new is? Maybe at some point I don't recall um, whether we've actually was, uh, showed the line or not. But uh, what is it? Year so uh, 1999 <laughs> and before is old. Right? 99 no, 2000 yeah. to current is new. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anything a line of demarcation is yeah. 2000 <laughs> new, and even <laughs> even that's pushing it right because something from 2000 is now 20 years ago. 20 years so. old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, give it. What is it? What is it considered? Like when you're talking about rock, you know, talking about classic rock and all that. What what is it, 25 years? Is that what? I think so, is yeah. The, the classic rock song at the point? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> After 25. So we're pretty much getting close to classic movies now, another five years. Oh, yeah. 2000, yeah. which is, God, it makes me old. It's hard, which is hard to believe. And the funny thing is, like, you know, in our, our pattern of movies that we watch, we haven't really watched that many, many movies from the 90s or the, uh, or the aughts, you know, the 2000s. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> we need to get into those years, you know, coming soon. Yeah. But uh, we haven't really done a lot there. And there's some stuff, there's some good stuff there. You just, oh, have yeah. to, you just have to dig a little harder, it feels like. Yes, when you're... <laughs> yes truly. Truly um, do. You do sometimes in the 90s and the OOs. Yeah, you do have to dig yeah. for... But uh, for our next one, we're going to go back to 1975, and we're going to watch The Devil's Reign, which has a very... I've never watched the movie. I, I remember only seeing bits and pieces and like some images and stuff from it. Will, I'm, I'm sure you said you haven't watched it, right? No, never. But Smoke, of course, he owns every copy of the movie ever released. <laughs> um, I think I do have a, I got a VHS and a DVD copy. Yeah, of so there you go. Um, but it's, it's interesting to me just for the cast, like on the surface, if you know nothing else about the movie and you just look at this, it's pretty impressive. Ernest Borgnine, Eddie Albert, William Shatner, Tom Skerritt, John Travolta, and a, a handful of others in this movie. So, uh, this should be interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That first time I ever saw this thing was, you can imagine, I don't know where it was. It wasn't on the VHS. It was on, I don't know, either USA or TBS or one of the state, one of the cable stations back then. Mm-hmm. Just coming across it, not knowing anything about it. Yeah, it was it was a surreal thing. <laughs> Watching some of the actors in here in that movie. 
Yeah, especially years later when they're all, you know, a lot of these are like iconic actors yeah. for other reasons. You know, what? Yeah, yeah, even when I saw it, it was not, it was still in the 80s, but it was, I mean, you know, John Travolta had already gone well, well yeah, on to, yeah, well beyond this type then, of yeah. movie, and so did, uh, of course, William Shatner. So the IMDb synopsis for this movie is, a Satanist cult leader is burnt alive by the local church. He vows to come back to hunt down and enslave every descendant of his congregation by the power of the Book of Blood Contracts in which they sold their souls to the devil. So this sounds like we're in for a treat. And even the poster, <laughs> you know, it's one of those classic 70s, like, uh, exploitation-type movie posters. And then it says, Heaven help us all when the devils reign! <laughs> Exclamation point. So there you go. That If you want to get ahead of it, like, I know for a fact uh, you can watch this on YouTube. Like, I think someone uploaded it, and you can also rent it on there. And there's probably various other ways you can rent it. But uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it. It's included with Prime Video. So you have a, a number of different ways to watch this movie. So if you want to get ahead of the curve and be with the cool kids, you need to go watch The Devil's Reign before our next episode. <laughs> so I guess that's all we have to say about The Nun and The Devil's Reign for now. So is there anything else you guys wanted to add before we close up shop? I'm good. How's it? All right. So I guess for Will and the Professor Smoke, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show Podcast, and we will talk to you next time for The Devil's Reign.